Hey, I'm T. And I'm Sam. And this is Well-Informed Girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. This week, we're talking about Chris Rock's very belated response to Will Smith slapping him at the Oscars last year. Plus, a wild story about how the share of single men who say they're looking for dates or relationships has declined from 61% to 50%. What's up with that? We'll get into it. (laughs) We're also talking about how much is too much of a nap and love in the time of inflation. All that and more on this week's ep of Well-Informed Girlfriends. Yay! All right, everybody. Welcome back. In Chris Rock's stand-up special on Saturday night, which, by the way, was Netflix's first ever live broadcast, he finally responded to that infamous moment when Will Smith slapped him during the Oscars last year. Take a listen. You know what happened to me? Getting smacked by Suge Smith. knows yes it happened i got smacked like a year ago fucking last week i've got smacked at the fucking oscars by this motherfucker and people like did it hurt it still hurts i got summertime ringing in my ear fucking drums please but I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You will never see it. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love men in black. No. It's never gonna happen. No. Fuck that shit. I took that hit like Pacquiao, motherfucker. He went on to note how Will Smith is a way bigger guy than him and like criticized. Will and Jada Pinkett for broadcasting their, if you remember, entanglements. entanglements. I remember the like music. Yeah, I know. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, the entanglements was when Jada was hooking up with like a young music guy. Yeah, her and son's friend. Her, her was, son's friend, and he made a song called Entanglements. Yeah, right? yeah, and like they talked about it on their Red Table Talk show. Right. Um, so that was like kind of messy. Anyways, Rock then said he only joked about Jada because she quote started it for saying that he should quit hosting the Oscars back when Will Smith wasn't nominated for concussion. He finished the whole thing by saying everyone in the world was calling Will Smith the B word and that he didn't fight back during the Oscars because he was raised right. His words. So what do we think? This is the response we waited a year for. I guess, I mean, look, I think it's nice that he is addressing things now and kind of a cool way to do it, this Netflix live broadcast. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought I thought it was cool. What do you think? I, the, the gossip in me wishes they would have like both gone on Red Table Talk together or something. Mm-hmm. That would have been so aggressive and I would have enjoyed it. I just the, think yeah. Will was in such like – they had to do so much recon this year. His company, his yeah. you know, so many deals fell through. So many things, like, oh, yeah. were not looking good after that mm-hmm. as a result of that. So I just feel like they probably wanted to, to kind of go away. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, I mean, in terms of Chris Rock not responding immediately thereafter, I would have been so mad. I wouldn't have known, like, what to do immediately. So I guess he had to think about it. And this is a – this is a good way of getting your say in the end, I suppose. Right, I guess. Yeah, and doing it in a comedic way. 
Yeah, in a way that made everybody tune in to watch you live on Netflix. So kind of a baller move. Yeah, smart. Smart, smart, smart. So this is an interesting story. I heard about this on CNN. I saw this story and I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper because I thought it was so interesting. So basically the story is about um, most young men are single now, but most young women are not. So the story reported that as of 2022, the Pew Research Center found 30% of U.S. adults are neither married, living with a partner, nor engaged or in a committed relationship. So nearly half of all young adults are single. And it turns out that in 2019, the share of single men who say they're looking for dates or relationships had declined from 61% in 2018 to 50%. Um, So 28% of men ages 18 to 30 reported that they'd had no sex in the past year compared to 18% of women that same age. So the Hill reported that men in their 20s are more likely than women in their 20s to be romantically uninvolved, sexually dormant, friendless, and lonely, which is pretty crazy. So um, I know that was kind of a lot of numbers, and I'm going to keep going with some numbers. No, I'm so interested. This is crazy to hear. Yeah. So basically, the whole story was about men not being in relationships like they used to, not getting married, not settling down. But there's like so many factors that go into this. So I'll keep going with some of the heavy data, and then we can talk about it. Um, But basically, the study suggested that the issues causing this could be linked to social media, which is no surprise. Sure. Easy accessibility to porn. And also that the young women right now are dating and marrying slightly older men who have more money or status. And women are being more picky and choosy with their partners. So women are – which – you know, it was something you think you would encourage young women yeah. to be. Right, right. Um, and I don't think that it's women's fault, but it's <laughs> just this like it's become this weird imbalance. Anyways, right. um, so the study says that there could be a link between all these men being single and men being more prone to conspiracy theories, misogynistic content that they view no and they spew. Yeah. And cynicism. So the study also says that this type of isolation could turn into violence, oh, which gosh. is crazy. But yeah. you know, I guess of course if you I think could about, see that. Yeah, if you think about big numbers and and what this could mean for our society, they were basically saying that there could be you know an uptick in violent behavior from men who are not in relationships, which I thought was like what? But I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and like I watched that video you sent it to me earlier. Yeah, and the. They had an expert on from NYU who was talking about how men who are married or in long-term relationships are better citizens. Like, they vote. They are less likely to do illegal things. Right. um, Because they, I mean, like, essentially have a person who's holding them more accountable. Right. So, I mean, I, so when you talk about it big picture, it sounds like without getting too incel adjacent. Yeah. It sounds like the dearth of the, like, middle class family is what they're really targeting, like how the middle class has been shrinking and how there are fewer and fewer good jobs for people to hold down. And also like realistically with the rise of women in general, they go go to more college, they buy more property. I think it's like we have higher expectations. Right. And like they said this a little bit in this, in the story, how women like kind of don't need the men the way that they did before. Right. And you know, men have had this thousands years jump on us to right. some extent. So the fact that they're now outperforming has been hard for 
men to adjust men to, to adjust to yeah it's interesting too there were some comments on the video so I, I just wanted to see what guys were saying yeah and obviously. it was interesting because a lot of the guys were in the comment section like look I gave up dating because I'm not making enough money girls aren't looking at me like it's depressing to date like I, do, I never feel like I like I'm able to give women what they want mm-hmm. or I can't get a job that's like holding it down like there was another guy in the comment section that was like I'm going to school. I'm actively trying to get jobs that will get me more money so then I can get with a girl. Like, it's not like it's no longer people are dating people in the developmental stages of their career. And they're more so like girls are attracted to guys who are already established, which I actually totally agree. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Because, of course, when you're like, especially as you get older, like when I was younger, like I said, I've said before, like I would date somebody who lived out of their car. I didn't care. You know, like if when you're young, it doesn't matter. But I think as you get older, I think you look at things a little bit more critically and like think about a future with someone. And like, obviously you would pick someone who has them, you know, their future established rather than someone who's like still figuring it out, which sounds horrible and petty. Do you think that's fair if you're someone who's just figuring things out or do you feel Well, but I feel like women have, well, look, I never have things figured out. So like it doesn't bother me as much. But also I think girls have more figured out than they used to. That I think I think that's a key point here. Right. Like women also are ambitious and also have all of these things that they want to do. And they're right. looking for someone who shares that. And I think for me, I wouldn't be interested in a guy who didn't have goals and ambition. Right. I Listen, we've all dated a fixer-upper. You know what I mean? And I, I <laughs> don't mean project. that to be mean. No, well, like, for sure. I think we all have. And, like, we stuck it out through some hard times. And, like, maybe <laughs> it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, I think especially, like, even girls younger than us are skipping that sort of fixer-upper stage. Right. And I think that that's probably because of the rise of internet dating. For context, Teague and I didn't really have internet dating in college. Right. Or like the first year or two afterwards. You're so right. Um, So I think that's kind of like when you end up encountering a lot of those guys just like out and about, like at the bars or wherever you meet people as a young person. Right. I think especially people nowadays, they A, aren't going out as much, B, live through, you know, two to three years of a pandemic and C, you know, don't have to. One in like every, I don't know, what is it? two relationships starts online now. Right. I think if you're changing your settings on your phone to just be like, oh, only makes X amount of money or only has a full-time job. Like, I, I'll be the first to admit I rolled out guys who didn't have a full-time job. Yeah. Like, because I, I don't want to date someone who isn't working, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, although in hindsight, it would be really great to have someone to hang out during the daytime when I am off of work, but it's fine. You know what? We all, hindsight's 2020. Hindsight is 2020. Uh, anyways, so I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's the the onus is sort of on on men to get on girls level i think i'm I'm sure the meninists will come for me for saying this but like i think i think if you are feeling like you women aren't interested in you for whatever reason maybe you should look inside and do some therapy and try and get on that level yeah but as some of the guys in the comment section were saying they're like i'm trying yeah. You know, and I get it. Like, it's so hard to find good paying jobs and like stable careers. And I totally empathize and sympathize. And like, it sucks, especially when it's like you don't feel like you're valuable to anyone in, unless you have that. That yeah, kind of sucks. That sucks. That would be really hard. And honestly, yeah, I guess like, you know, there are more men on dating apps than women and so the odds are stacked against you to some extent. Yeah. And in a way, like, girlies still have that freedom in a way to be like 
you don't have to have it all together as a woman. I feel like you can kind mm-hmm. of be like, you know, guys give you more passes than girls give guys. I agree. I think that's fair in that sense of dating and, and having it all together and stuff. So yeah. Interesting article though. And I hope that we can like make some sort of like change to, but, but it's like so weird. Cause it goes against our, like, we want women to have equal everything. It's like, do we, because I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't think to say that we want men to be successful as well necessarily means that we don't want women to have equal rights. Right. No. I think to some extent, like, you can want everyone to be successful and live in a more perfect society without taking something away from women. Yeah. And I think think that's where the insults sort of get it wrong on this argument. Like, they are thinking that women have their standards too high and they should lower them to be with shittier guys. And, like, they're not thinking about, like, oh, maybe I should change my personality or whatever. I think, like, we need to have more trade schools, maybe, like, invest more in education, which we actually will talk about in a story later. Like, we have to, like, help save sort of the middle class to some extent. Right. Policy-wise as a country. And I think once we do that and, like, once if we do that, then it would be more feasible to correct this problem. I think – especially with the advent of social media, which we'll talk about more in a minute, like it's made it really hard just in general to exist online and in this world. And literally, I think to be sitting there swiping through photos of girls who are not matching with you would be really disheartening. And I could see how that would be really hard for men, especially nowadays. Yeah. And it's hard for women too, but I feel like easier for girls yeah i feel like guys mostly swipe right yeah that's true (laughs) guys swipe right like they're trying to catch pokemon i know and we swipe right after we've like found your social security number yeah (laughs) so there's that so well speaking of social media i wanted to talk about this a new story from buzzfeed surveyed nearly 150 people who quit social media and found that everyone well almost everyone who walked away from their online profiles didn't regret it can you believe that hmm It cited multiple studies that found, obviously, social media causes people to feel more depressed, anxious, stressful, whatever. You all know that. No surprise there. But many of the people they talked to who quit cold turkey said it was the doom scrolling that got to them. You know, like reading online articles that make them feel relentlessly anxious, relatable. Yeah. Plus the constant comparison to others like FOMO, the fear missing out, or like everyone's doing better than you was also a big turnoff. Totally. So, like, how do you feel after using social media? Is there – Oh, like trash, Is Sam. there, like, one app in particular that sucks the most? I mean, Instagram is the worst, yeah. of course, you know? And I always just, like, find myself – when I, like – the worst thing about social media for me, I feel like – and I'm sure this is everybody, but, like, I just compare myself to everybody and then, like, yeah. look at people that have the jobs that I want or, like, the things that I want or mm-hmm. – and I'm just like, oh, my God. And it just, like, yeah. feels like then you find five more people that you didn't know existed that have this other job that you're like, wait, what? I know. You're like, that's a job? Yeah. I watched a video on YouTube today about a guy whose job is posting a show about, like, wine. It's like, it sounds so nice. Yeah. <laughs> How did it's I not crazy. Know that job existed? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, I don't. I think that's probably the worst is Instagram. TikTok's a little bit more fun, and yeah, I feel like it's not quite because the algorithm is so less predictable. Yeah, I find myself watching much ran- more random stuff on TikTok. Yeah, but I will say honestly, just the fact like all of our apps have become social media apps. Hinge, I all know, the dating yeah. apps, like everything is like a social app and their goal is to keep your eyes on the screen, Yeah, which sucks because like even if you're not on Instagram, you're on Hinge or you're on – you're just on something all the time. Yeah. 
Um, which I wanted to ask you, Sam, because you just started using Grayscale on your phone. Yes. Okay. So what's that about? For the for those who have not been forced to listen to me rant about this, I have been having like long COVID symptoms since having COVID in July of last year. And like in addition to feeling horrible all the time, one of the things I have is like reoccurring headaches. And I was talking to my coworker from NBC News who was telling me she had like a brain scan after having long COVID for a while at about the same time. And her neurologist was like, maybe the blue light is messing with you. So stay away from screens. And because you can't stay away from screens, he's like, turn your phone into grayscale mode. And I was like, okay. So grayscale is like looking at everything through a black and white movie. Um, And you can do this in your general settings under accessibility. There's like a color filters tab. And I will say it has drastically, drastically reduced my screen time because it's like, I am not colorblind. Sorry to those who are, but I'm like, this is no longer nearly as interesting as it was with color. Really? Yes. It's like, I, I actually had to turn it off today. I went out to lunch with our friend Linda and like, I couldn't see, the, I couldn't tell if the pictures were appealing of the menu. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't actually know, but I turned it right back on after looking at the pictures, but it's like so much less appealing. That's interesting. It's significantly less interesting. And then you're just like, whatever. You just throw it. And you're like, okay, I'm done. Wow. Okay. So if you're I'm looking for it. a hack to force yourself to not look at social media as much, that's a great one. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. I know. So speaking of not looking at social media as much, um, TikTok announced this week that every person 18 and under with an account will have their default screen time limit set to 60 minutes in the coming weeks. A day? Yeah. And, like, once you hit 60 minutes, you have to enter a little passcode to, like, make the active decision to keep watching. And anyone under 13 needs, like, a parental passcode to keep watching. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I guess the idea is, like, mirroring kind of gaming rules in China, where the company used to be based. Um, they only let minors play games there for an hour a day and only on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays because they're worried about internet addiction. As they rightly should be. I know, right? It's crazy. But I don't know. Would you – does that seem fair to you? Yeah, I think that seems fair. It's a little hard to regulate, like, all those things. And yeah. I'm sure kids are going to find a way around it immediately. But, sure. you know, whatever. I guess it's, like, the intention is there. It's kind of like when Netflix asks if you're still watching. Yeah. But it's, it's also, like, like – it's kind of like you did this to us in a way. I'm like – it's, like, kind of annoying. Like, oh, now you care. Now you How care much? about us. Where they're addicted. These yeah. kids are addicted to TikTok. Seriously. Thanks they, to you. Uh, yeah. And now yeah. you're like, oh, I guess we'll, like, make it just an hour. It's, like, kind of, like – it's a little too late. It is but, a little too late. The cat's out of the bag, as they say. Right. As they say. But, so. you know, good good effort. Good effort. I, good, I guess. Okay. One woman online, speaking of TikTok, one woman online is chronicling the insane cost of dating in New York City, and we're totally here for this. Her name is Marin Haugo, mm-hmm. TBD if that's actually her name, but that's how it's spelled. She kept track of going on 28 dates and 28 days for the month of February on her newly popular TikTok, and she said she was inspired, obviously, as one is, by Carrie from Sex and the City, and her uh-huh. activities have brought up the age-old debate, who should pay? Obviously, men. Okay. Okay. Some of her dates were crazy. One guy splashed out more than like $1,000 over the course of six dates. Oh. Other dates were much cheaper, like coffee dates or virtual or whatever. Bloomberg, who initially saw the story, talked to her, and she says she generally thinks whoever plans it should pick up the date. What do you think? Um, Whoever plans it? Yeah. I think, well, if you really, if you're really in it to win it, I, I think the guy should plan it, and I think the guy should pay for the date. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking, like, look, 
there are other ways to do this, obviously, dating and, yeah, like, yeah. There, you can split the check or whatever. But if I'm, like, honestly, like, thinking about a guy, like, seriously, I want him to plan it and pay for it. <laughs> you know? I guess. That's I my mean, preference. Like, if I'm on a first date and I never want to see you again, I definitely know whether or not I want to see you again before the, the check comes. Yeah. And so I am much more willing to... I if you want to go Dutch and I know I'm never gonna see you again, I will probably do it because I'm like to split it. Yeah, I don't want to feel beholden to you. That's fair. You I know. Guess. Um, I would never. My mom advised my brother. Oh my god, Betsy. My mom advised my brother. This girl asked him out. Um, to go a girl he knew, but whatever had never dated. Asked him to go to like a restaurant week restaurant, which is a prefix, so it's expensive. And he was like a little bit nervous because the two of them would be like two fifty. My brother like makes fine money, but you know that's yeah. a lot of money for a first date, right? And he had asked my mom like, "What do you think we should do?" And she was like, "Oh, just say you're going Dutch at the beginning of the date. Do not do that." Immediately do not say you're going Dutch at the beginning of the date. That's insane. What does going Dutch mean? Splitting the bill? Splitting the bill, yeah. And so I'm like, that's crazy. Please don't do that. But like if you know you're not going to see her again by the end of the date, like I think the girl should offer and you can just like take her up on it. You know what I mean? I think that that would be fair. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I mean if she suggested this place. I No girl's going to pay for a whole ass date for three – like No, 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 no. I'm not in, I'm not at all saying she should pay, but I, yeah. it's so weird for her to suggest that as a first date. I agree. This is a very niche example I'm realizing yeah. now that I've brought it up. Yeah. But whatever. Back to the story. I think we can move on. <laughs> I think we can move on, yeah. But I think, like, guys should be paying for the dates still. Okay. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree. I think, like, in the initial – courting stages it's nice of them too yeah i mean again society hasn't totally caught up men are still making more money than women yeah and our haircuts still cost like 300 yeah and i forked <laughs> out a thousand dollars for a spray tan my hair my eyelashes yeah my nail. get the heck out of here the pink tax yeah absolutely all right let's move on teague do you ever take naps i don't really take naps because i fall into a coma if i take a nap so I'll That's be asleep forever. <laughs> You're a big nap girl. I am. Well, some of it's like the long COVID thing, but also I've always kind of been a napper. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sleep straight up anywhere. Some kind, sometimes like kind of unwillingly. We, my family calls it the narcolepsy. Mm. There are photos of me sleeping just like everywhere on vacation, on boats. Like it doesn't matter where I am. I can fall asleep. I once fell asleep That's on a, skill. a hard plastic bench in the middle of our journalism school lobby. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I love that. That, that weird wavy one. Yeah. <laughs> that's Anyways. Okay. The quality of sleep you can get significantly can impact your life expectancy, perhaps more than the quantity. So a new study of nearly 200,000 people in the U.S. found people who get high quality sleep had a life expectancy of almost five more years for men and two and a half more years for women. So before we get to the napping part, high quality sleep is seven to eight hours. You shouldn't have a hard time falling asleep, no trouble staying asleep, don't take sleep medications, and wake up feeling well rested, which I feel like is the hardest one. Hmm. But that sounds like a dream, obviously, because many of us can't check all those boxes, but some is better than none, experts say. And in terms of whether or not naps actually can help you get better sleep, the answer is yes, but with like a few caveats. First of all, keep it limited to no more than 40 minutes. I guess that's something to do with the REM cycle. I thought it was 60 minutes because that was a full REM. I think it's like if it's more than 60, you're like screwed. You're fucked. Yeah, you're out. Um, And then next, avoid napping after 3 p.m. so it doesn't keep you up later. 
And finally, try and do it in a restful environment, like quiet, dark, et cetera, to get the best possible sleep. Okay, interesting. Well, but, so you can't good. nap, but just like adding an extra like two hours of napping to your shitty hours of six hours the night before is not going to equal eight hours is what I'm getting at. Oh, so it doesn't really help you. I thought you so said it, it does. It does help you. It just doesn't count towards your like sleep total. It's just preventative. You know what I mean? Oh. Like you should try and get seven, eight hours of a, a full night together. Right. But if you can't, like obviously you can nap, but it's not going to like. Six plus two doesn't equal eight in terms of like restful sleep. Restful speaking. sleep. Okay. Interesting. It's really hard to get good sleep. I feel like there's like so many factors that have to be in line and I need like complete darkness. I need no sound. Like everything has to be like pretty ideal. Yeah. I get that. I will say process. like since moving in with a partner, I'm like, this is significantly less restful. <laughs> really? Just yes. having another person. Having another person in the bed is like not as comfortable as sleeping alone like yeah. th- this cough that I have from long COVID if hopefully we'll cut it all out of this podcast but um I, there was one night I straight up just couldn't sleep because I was coughing so hard and I went and slept in the other room and despite being sick I think I slept a little bit better yeah because <laughs> I was just like thank god freedom yeah it's kind of <laughs> nice because you have your own space yeah, yeah exactly exactly, exactly. That. that's interesting interesting so good to know you can nap and it's helpful Yes, you can, but try and get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Okay. Unless you're one of those crazy people who can only do four hours. Oh, insane. I don't, I don't even know what that would be like. Couldn't be me. Me neither. <laughs> Next story is about the potential end of the English major. So according to um, data from Robert Townsend, he's the co-director of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, Humanities Indicators Project. He said that evidently the study of English and history at the collegiate level has fallen by a third in the past decade, which is a lot. So humanities enrollment in the U.S. has declined over all by 17%. Right. That's like so crazy to me. Um, and the story, which is like so – it's very long, well-researched. This is the TLDR version, of course. Okay. Boils it down to a few things. Since most states have won, since most states have reduced funding for higher ed in the last decades, more and more American public universities are like being run as a private business, which means they have to focus on what's going to make them money. Okay. And two, the changing of the times means that people aren't usually just studying like ethics or philosophy singularly anymore. They might be going into biotech with like a minor in ethics or something similar. This is for the obvious monetary reasons, but also due to kind of like changing cultural trends which has, as everyone knows, placed less of an emphasis on the highfalutin arts and more on modern-day conveniences like technology. Yeah. Um, Some students and professors the reporter chatted with also said that humanities departments, by and large, haven't been adopting to the changing times. Like, one example they gave was, should they be doing more with long-form scripted TV as, like, an English department instead of just hoping that your school has some sort of film and TV program? to some extent and how to appreciate that kind of thing. So I don't know, like Teague and I both majored in journalism. Mm-hmm. I actually did have an English minor. Did you? Wow. Congratulations. Oh, I did. Business- congratulations. I did business minor. Oh, I had a business minor too, but I actually didn't finish because I forgot to take finance. Oh, you and need I was that. like, you know what? I'm just going to be done. I'm, I'm not staying another semester. I'm done. For yeah. one class. No. But anyways, okay. So you, so I took English and I will say like, I thought some of it was very helpful yeah. I thought a lot of it wasn't. I'm sorry, Mizzou, but someone had to say it. Yeah. I Like, some of it was very interesting. Like, I took African-American studies and that sort of thing. 
Um, that was really fascinating and completely new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took like Brit Lit one and two. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But also brutal. like you know we we've talked a little bit about ChatGPT. Yeah. On the pod and oh, yeah. how AI is changing writing and changing, you know, how people think about writing and kids especially. Like for sure. Yeah. And so it's like I that also I feel like and I, it's gonna it, impact it might be too soon to count that as a factor in this study, but I for think sure. that it's probably also we're gonna see the ripple effect of that in the next few years. I agree. Because, you know, what if you're gonna have you're able to write an essay on chat GPT, then why would you study English? <laughs> True. I mean, we've talked about this in previous pods. I do think you should learn how to formulate an argument. Oh my God. But for sure. Like, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I mean, I love writing. I'm a writer by trade. Yeah. So of course I'm going to like argue for saving the humanity. Oh, same. But I do think to some extent we do have to like also look at the job market and what we're hoping for our future and like right there is no world in which Ernest Hemingway's of the world are still like just sitting around writing the next great American novel I think a lot of people I mean I hope that there is but I think we can all agree that there probably isn't sort of this renaissance occurring in Mm -hmm. terms of literature um and so yeah I mean of course I want there to be great literature out there and I want people to feel comfortable writing but yeah I don't know I think in terms of college it's much easier to strategize about you have Direction. to. I mean, yeah. look at look at our job market right now. Look at how hard it is to get a job that you can make a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. you're not gonna. What? How do you segue an English major into? You know, what are you gonna? I don't know. That's I just feel true. like you have to be strategic, especially you know, college is so expensive. Yeah. To spend so much yeah. on something in the arts, like even like I had a bunch of friends that majored in dance. It's like you're paying a full college tuition, and you're studying dance, and and I mean awesome and a lot of them were incredibly successful and loved it and I'm sure I would have had a great time doing that but at the same time it's like how do you parlay that into a full-time career and how do you parlay that into paying off the student debt that you you know incurred from that so yeah it's all it's hard but that's the arts I guess that's always been the arts yeah there's always sort of that bohemian aspect of the arts too um, I think we're just seeing a lot more people who are not really willing to live that lifestyle Not, not that you should be I'm not saying you should be, but, you know, I think a lot of people, especially with the pressures of social media and stuff, living in a group house with, like, 10 people no longer has, I think, the same, like, appeal it did in the 70s or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Although that sounds so fun. Maybe for if you were younger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you're right. I guess I may have passed that. We might be past that age. We did that for a minute. It was fine. We survived. (laughs) Anyway. this was a fun week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you appreciated, per usual, our unsolicited hot takes. Yes. If you could, like and subscribe. That would be so nice. And wherever you get your podcasts and the internet machine. Yeah. And comment because that's, like, really what we need. Only comment if you like us. Um, thank you guys so much. We will talk to you guys next week and we hope you're doing fab. Bye. Bye.